Coming to you right now, it's this week's update with Zach and Tanner. Welcome to this week's update. That's Tanner. I'm Zach. We're talking about some basketball, both pro and college. But first, let's get into some NFL playoff action. We got three games today, one more game tomorrow. Just a quick recap on the games that wrapped up on Saturday. The Jaguars winning in epic fashion over the Chargers, 31-30, taking a last-second field goal, coming from behind a big, you know, getting the wind uh, after being down 27-7 at the half, 27-0 at one point in the game. But also, we got to talk about the 49ers and Seahawks a little bit. Uh, Geno Smith finally looked like the Geno Smith of old in the second half there. Brock Purdy is no longer Mr. Irrelevant. He is him. He is Mr. Irrelevant. I mean, 18 to 30, 332 yards, three touchdowns through the air, another touchdown on the ground along with three rushes for 17 yards. What a game from the rookie out of Iowa State, Brock Purdy. He's looked incredible. A lot of fun there, but Let's talk about the three games that are happening today. We got, at 1 o'clock, the Bills playing the Dolphins. That game's on CBS. On Fox at 4.30, Vikings and Giants. And on Sunday Night Football at 8.15, we got some AFC North action between the Ravens and the Bengals. Let's just go through this in order. Uh... The Bills are winning this game, Tanner. And I know you're I know that's obvious. Skylar Thompson's <laughs> playing at quarterback for the for the Dolphins today. D- D- yeah, the the Bills are winning this game. Barring literally the 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 greatest game Skylar Thompson has ever played, the Bills are winning this football game. No. Zach, you're right. I mean, and honestly, I think they the Bills would be winning this one even with two. And, and graded, two has been great. You know, he's got great help from Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. They've had absolutely great years. But you said it best. I, the Buffalo is winning this game. Josh Allen's been playing well. Struggled as of a little recently, but getting the job done at the very least. So uh, regardless of it, whether... Um, whoever was at the quarterback spot, no question, Buffalo Bills are, are going to roll their way into the next round. Right, and Tanner, this game is n- not going to be close. I'm I'm going to go here now. 38-17 Bills. I'm just making the prediction. And I, yeah, 38-17. I give Scott Thompson a chance to score 17 points. Yeah, I, I think it could be a little worse now. You say 38-17. I think I'm going to go with 45. I think just 10. I think he'll score. It might be a, a pity score. They might. I think Miami might be able to put three points up like on either an opening drive or just at some point. But um, Buffalo is going to score a lot, make sure that Miami has absolutely no chance. And there might be, might be a pity score near the end. But no, as you said, it's going to be a blowout. But 45-10 is, is my prediction for that game. All right, rolling quickly into the second game here, Tanner. The Bills winning, obviously. We've decided that. I know, I'm moving into the second game now. Vikings are playing the Giants. It's at 430. That's at U.S. Bank Stadium in Minneapolis, Minnesota. That game's on Fox. It should be a good one. Look, this game is a toss-up. 
The game was really close, 27-24, Vikings winning on a last-second field goal, a 61-yarder off of Greg Joseph's foot. So, like, what's the answer? I Probably the Vikings play better at home. The game's technically not in prime time, so you don't have to worry about the Kirk Cousins primetime yips. So I think the Vikings probably win, but it's going to be close again. I'm going to go a similar score. We'll say 28, I don't know, 24, or 28-21 actually is what I'm going to go with. Just because this game is such a toss-up, it's hard to pick who's going to win. I I totally could see Danny Dimes having some crazy 50-yard run, and that, that decides the game. You know, this was a toss-up for me because the reality is Minnesota was honestly the one team throughout the course of this season that, again, they're good. Justin Jefferson, he was a unanimous part of, of, of uh, the All-Pro team, and he should be. He's arguably the best receiver in the game right now, and I don't arguably even know the if there best. is, is the an is an argument. Um, hey, There you, is no argument. you got to throw Hill and Waddle both in there. Justin Jefferson's the best. He's Yes, I will agree, but you have to, you have to throw Waddle and Hill. But... As a whole, I I'm half tempted to pick that the Giants are going to win. I Minnesota has had has really squeaked out of a lot of games this year, but they are at home, and as you said, a lot of factors to play into Kirk Cousins' favor. And now beyond this game, if Minnesota can squeak out, I I would say if they win this one, I don't know. I don't think they'll make it out. So, you know, I'll pick Minnesota. Like you, they squeak it out. I'm going to say I'm going, let's go, 35-32. I think it's going to be, Minnesota will be fine for scoring, but it'll be a little closer, or it'll it'll be close. I I think Minnesota squeaks out the win, but not by much. Do you think it's going to be that high scoring? I do. I do. I think it will. You know, that's actually fair. That, that, That feels more like a Vikings game this year. That's probably fair. But, I, yeah. Anyway. We have another game, but Josh Jefferson's the best wide receiver in the league. Okay, um, <laughs> so looking at the third and final game tonight, then we'll touch on the game tomorrow. Mm-hmm. It's the AFC North bruiser. That'll be the Bengals and the Ravens. This one's in Cincinnati. Lamar Jackson is still out. Is this the fifth straight game he's missed? Uh, yes, yes, I believe it's it's five straight games that Lamar's not suited up for the Ravens. So... Yeah, and he said he released something earlier this week. Uh, his knee's still inflamed. It's a PCL strain of some sort. Injury, strain, sprain, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. But Cincinnati's winning this game. Tyler Huntley's played actually pretty decently in in relief for Lamar Jackson. But he's there's a reason he's a backup. He he still looks like a back like a backup quarterback in this league. He hasn't looked like someone I was like, oh yeah, he could go into Cincinnati and beat, you know, Joe Burrow and the Bengals. They're not. Uh, I think this game will be a little bit closer than people expect because it's the AFC North, and for some reason, all the Ravens scoring games have been really low since Tyler Huntley's been in, probably because they run the ball and burn up a lot of clock. So I think this is going to be a low-scoring one, but the Bengals pull it out. I'm going to go, like, it's going to be something weird, like 28-17 or something like that. I think I think the Ravens can put up 17 points, but uh, they're not stopping Joe Burrow and his crew of receivers. So, yeah, Bengals moving on. I, I will say this, and I, and 
if Lamar plays this game, I'm very half tempted to pick the Ravens upset. Lamar's been ruled out. Right. Saying if he, oh, if, if he if, was playing, if okay. he were to play, I would be very more debating on leading towards that Baltimore win this game. But he's not, like you said, Hunley. He's been fine. If if this was an injury that Hunley had been playing a little more in the season, then maybe he could establish himself a little bit. But he's not been at that starting spot for very very long. I mean, again, he's been fine. He's he's been okay. He's not obviously been anywhere near Lamar Jackson. But I'm like you. It, it, but if if Lamar was playing, I'd pick Baltimore. But he's not, so I'm going with I'm going with Cincinnati. And actually. Conversely, with what you said, like you said, I think Baltimore will run the will run a lot. They'll run the clock out. I do think that Cincinnati is going to score a little more, and it'll be a little bit. It won't be close. I, I'm going that Cincinnati wins this one. Let's go 35. I think it's. I don't know if it's going to be close. I'm going 35-14. I just don't see them getting to 35 because of time. That's the only reason why. It's just like there's not a lot of time. The way the Ravens are play football, because they just run, 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 and then occasionally throw the ball when they have to. So that's what... also I don't think the Bengals lose with Lamar Jackson. I think Joe Burrow is a is in another tier of quarterback above Lamar Jackson. Yes, Lamar Jackson is MVP, but I think Jim, Joe Burrow has played better in in the last couple of years than Lamar Jackson has and I really do think even with Lamar Jackson and the Bengals would have won this game. I mean, they made it to the Super Bowl last year. There's the and they're back in the playoffs and just as good. Jamar Chase has missed a couple of games, I know, but when but when they're humming at full strength, I yeah, the the Bengals are beating the Ravens, I think, week in and week out if both teams are at full strength. Yeah, I, I, I definitely see that argument. Like you said, Burrow's been doing this without Chase, who's a great a great target. I mean, anybody would, would love to have Chase on their team to be able to just throw to and, and he'll do the rest. But but no, I, I do believe that Lamar, he was playing absolutely great and, and getting Baltimore success. We'd kind of seen over the last couple of years where Lamar was playing good and the Ravens were above average as a team but this year it was leading to a little bit more success so I think it would have been a closer game it would have probably been a one maybe um, a seven or ten point victory for Cincinnati but like I said with with Huntley I just I don't see I see Cincinnati putting up a couple more points just like you said like you said I think they'll make the most out of their drives even with Baltimore just consistently running the clock because of the run game yeah okay so that's all three games today there's one more game tomorrow that game is Dallas at Tampa Bay. Uh, and obviously the Eagles have a round one bye in the NFC. And then in the AFC, it's the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so Dallas at Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay's winning this game. <laughs> I'm not betting against Tom Brady in the playoffs. Ever. If he loses, he loses. But I'm not betting against Tom Brady. And I'm not betting for Dak in the playoffs either. So, I, I Tampa Bay's winning this game. It'll be close. They're going to win, like, I don't know, 32-28 or something like that. But I'm not betting against Tom Brady in the playoffs. I don't – He his last – his second-to-last game – I mean, he's fine. He only played a half in in, in week uh, 18, 17. Yeah, 18, week 18. Um, but the week before – when he had over 300 yards and four touchdowns, I think he's warming up at just the right time. I'm not betting against 
Tom Brady and those Buccaneers. I I, I really want to pick Dallas because because they've been playing some good football. It's good to see one of America's favorite teams, not America's favorite team, get back in into the playoffs. But I really want to pick Dallas. But I'm like you. The reality is I don't care if, if they barely make the playoffs or if a Tom Brady team does make the playoffs convincingly or not. I just don't know if you can literally come. I don't know if you can bet, at least in this game, after this, again, not real sure because uh, they play the Eagles. And, and even then... I just don't – I think you hit the nail on the head. I don't know how you can pick against Tom Brady. The dude is the best quarterback that has ever suited up and played this game. And even though he struggled big time this year, and there was even a lot of talk that the Bucks were not going to make the playoffs. Well, luckily, since the rest of their division was very, very not good, and that's me being nice about that. I Bad. Just, okay, you'll say it good. Because <laughs> I, um, I just – I, I want to pick Dallas. I don't think I can. I'm like you. It, it's – I'm going Tom Brady gets the win. I almost don't agree with you that it'll be a close game. I don't know how high scoring it's going to be, though. I think there's enough scoring. I know Dallas has blown out some teams this year, and they do have the best record against playoff teams that that have winning records. Mm-hmm. But, but, and I, and while the Bucks have tr- struggled to score a little bit this year, they have the talent to score so many points. And it's Dallas. It's the playoffs. I I just I just think that the game will be a little more high scoring. So I I think for me I'm officially picking Tampa Bay and my final score prediction. I'm gonna go. Let's go twenty eight to twenty four. I think dallas will get three scores because their offense is good dak has has been good good this year and they'll get at least three scores but tom brady is going to do his thing and then tampa bay advances and they would play the eagles and then after that not real sure what tom would need to pull off what he's done loads and loads of other times but in this game in this setting against a team that hasn't really experienced much playoff success as of recently at tampa bay and they squeak the win out by by four at home All right, Uh, that was a little bit of football. We got some basketball action when we come back. You're listening to this week's update. Get ready for that basketball. We're back on this week's update. Zach and Tanner, we're talking some NBA award predictions. We're... Basically midway through the season, even though you would think it's the All-Star break. The All-Star break is about a month too late for the midway point. <laughs> um, all right, so let's talk about the Coach of the Year. We'll talk about MVP. We'll talk about Rookie of the Year. And we'll talk about Defensive Player of the Year. So since we named Coach of the Year first, let's start with Coach of the Year. Um, so obviously we have to talk about you know, what the Pelicans are doing. Um, probably Jacques Vaughn, what he's done with the turnaround with the Nets. Uh, you know, um, the Celtics new head coach, I'm blanking on his name right now, but he's probably the candidate. But, it, yeah, and then, so those are probably your top can- candidates right now. Maybe, oh, Joe, yeah, Joe Missoula. 
Sorry if I butchered his name. I don't know. Um, so that's kind of what we're looking at for the... That's who I would think is in the running for me. If I had to pick, I probably... Honestly, I'd probably go with Jacques Vaughn just because the turnaround he's had with the Nets. They started off terribly. They switched to him. They started off like 15-1. and one, Then they lost a couple games. and they're But they've been playing really well. He's gotten... Kyrie and and Kevin Durant to play well together. So yeah, give me Jacques Vaughn for Coach of the Year. I know I'm picking real fast. Tanner, you probably disagree with me, but that's okay. It's a good pick, and and give props because it was a point where people were thinking that the Nets are going to have another one of those seasons where they have two incredible players, including one that might be no, that is probably the greatest score that's ever played this game, and Kevin Durant. And it's, well, how is Brooklyn going to turn it around? So, no, that's that's a solid pick. But um, you mentioned Willie Green, and that's who I'm going with. What he's done for the New Orleans Pelicans, and including, don't forget, Zion's been out, of course, with a couple injuries. And the Pelicans right now, they're third in the Western Conference behind the Nuggets and the Grizzlies, who both have been playing outstanding. Now, granted, the Pelicans have took, taken a little bit of a hit, but but they've still been playing well, of course, with, with Brandon Ingram, uh, playing on a whole new level. Jonas Valanciunas, another very underrated player on that team, a big man that has shown that he can actually consistently hit from three. But again, it, it all starts around with Zion. But Willie Green has done a great job with that team. Uh, right now, if the season were to end, they'd be locked in that three spot. And they're just playing some really good basketball right now. So, no, give me Willie Green. The turnaround that he's had for the Pelicans has been something I don't think a lot of people were expecting. They've competed against some of the best players. So, uh, for Willie Green, give him that Coach of the Year award. Right. Okay, so Jacques Vaughn for me, Willie Green for you. we got to look at uh, MVP. This race is probably <sighs> the tightest MVP race we've seen in years. Ever, yeah. For years. me, yeah. Okay, so the Kia... Okay, I think we can Luka, Jokic, Giannis, Tatum, Tatum. probably throw Durant. I think Durant Durant's in the conversation. there. So we did Jokic, Luka, Giannis, Tatum, Durant, and and, and Embiid. I think and Embiid. Embiid. So I think those are the six. Oh, that's a good, that's a great six though. Yeah. Um. If okay, so. All of that, I'm going with Luca. Luca is literally having a year that's only been done by one other player, and that player won the MVP, and that was Michael Jordan in 1988 when he had when he scored 35, eight and eight. Luca right or sorry, sorry 37, eight and eight. Right now, Luca's doing 35, nine and nine on 50 percent shooting. Jordan was 53, but. 35 9 and 9 MVP right there. I they're they're what? The 4 seed right now? 5 uh, seed? F- 5 seed. Five they're the seed. 5 seed right now. You can't you can't I they're within the top 5. Luka's literally having a year only done by Michael Jordan. Give me Luka for the MVP. That's the answer bar none. <sighs> well, listen, you you know me when I make these picks. I I take team success and in, to consider it, you know that I do take well, you if, have to. if a player. And, and you should. You absolutely should. Because half of me really wants to give it to Jokic. Again, only players like Bird, like Chamberlain, have won the award three times. And, and, and Jokic as a center is just doing absolutely incredible things. And all this leading into the fact that Denver 
is the number one team in the West right now with that 29 and 13 overall right, record. Right. So he might, I, I agree with you. He's probably having his best year, but he's won it twice. And to win it three times in a row is really hard. And I know that storyline matters. And the fact that Luke was having a year only done by Michael Jordan will build into that storyline. And, and, and exactly. And, and as long. And, yeah, and, and to keep going with that, trust me, I, I really want, trust me, part of me wants to pick Jokic. You know, I'm a huge Jokic fan. I think he's no question the best center in the NBA right now. He, The dude could average a triple-double as a center convincingly whenever he wants to. But I'm like you. What Luka has done this year, his 60-point performance, his triple-doubles, all leading to a five-seed, if, if, if the Mavericks were... Any low, if the Mavericks were barely making the play in tournament, I would say Jokic, no question. But you said it perfectly. They're the five seed. They're playing some pretty good basketball. I feel like if they can find a way to stay within, if they stay five and above, then it should, it can't be anyone else but Luka, like you said. I want to pick Jokic, trust me, but I, I can't not because Luka is having one of the best individual seasons that we have seen, like you said, since Michael Jordan. Um, and, and it's leading to success. You know, that's a huge factor for me. So, I'm going to go with Luka, but if the Mavericks slip at any point and make the play-in tournament and at like an 8 or 9, maybe even 7, then the MVP candidate candidacy, in my opinion, starts to slip away a bit. But in my opinion, the two top candidates are Jokic and Luka with my honorable mention. With Luka and Jokic, with that being, being in order, my honorable mention would probably be Jason Tatum, though. Actually, I think if, if the Mavericks slip into the below the fifth seed, I think they give it to Jason Tatum. I don't think they give it to Jokic. I, if you want to argue about deserving, sure. I, I will wholeheartedly believe if Luka doesn't win it, it's going to be Jason Tatum. And I think Jokic actually finishes third in MVP voting. You know, and, and I give Jason Tatum props. We knew he was going to be good coming in, and he's only gotten better, and he's fortunate. He also has Jalen Brown. I think you and I can agree on this. No question, the best one-two punch in the NBA. Jay Tay and, and Jalen Brown are playing at another level right now. Both Celtics will probably should, in my opinion, be all-stars as well. Oh, they're, they're going to be all-stars. That's not a question. But, but yeah. But but I just, I, just because he's won it twice, and especially now more than ever, they, there's voter fatigue, you know? I just think you – I think it ends up going to – I really do think it ends up either Luka or Jason Tatum winning the award. And keep in mind, obviously, with the Celtics 32-10, and 10, best record in the NBA. And he, and he is. He's playing great. And do I think Tatum at some point won an MVP? Yes, I do. It's um, not this year just because of Luka's play. Sure, absolutely. But, no, I... <sighs> And I want to because I'm a huge Jason Tatum fan, even even as a Pacers fan. And, you know, Indiana did win in Boston. But aside from that, I do think, like I said, Luka's my pick. But if he if the Mavericks slip out of serious playoff contention, I, I, I think it's going to be Jokic. And I do think, like you said, it may be voter fatigue and fans might get tired of it. I know I won't. So I think it's either Luka. But if anything happens, Jokic is the next pick with Tatum being in that third spot. Yeah, I, we can agree to disagree on the second spot, but sure. whatever. Um, that's the fun of it. So, okay, so we've done Coach of the Year. We've done MVP. Next, let's talk about Defensive Player of the Year. It's probably... Sorry, you're going to hate this. It's probably Rudy Gobert again. 
and not just no. I don't hate the pick. Or I'm it's sorry. probably what the pick is. And yeah, I know you don't like Rudy Gobert. That's probably what the pick is. It there. I just. I feel like he's been. Yeah, it's probably Rudy. I feel like he's been the. Yeah, I don't know what you would say. I have two picks that I think, uh, maybe three, at least two. Brooke Lopez. Brooke Lopez is really a fair answer. I yeah. And the other one, if he can stay healthy, would be Triple J's Jaron Jackson Jr. for the Grizzlies. I, you know, I forgot about Splash Mountain, and I'm sorry, <laughs> Brooke Lopez, but uh, I'm changing my pick to Brooke Lopez. I mean, what what he's done, and, and again, you could always throw Giannis, but because we, we know that Milwaukee team centered around Giannis, but I remember when Brooke Lopez was picked up in free agency, and I said, this could be the difference for when Milwaukee wins a championship, and my Chad, yes, they absolutely, they, they are in contention, they won themselves a championship, and I think Brooke Lopez has been in part of it, and his low post defense, I believe he is either first or second, he is one of the league leaders in blocks per game and in total blocks so Brooke Lopez would be up there, but Jaron Jackson Jr., what makes him great is for his size, he moves well for, I believe, 6'11". Yeah, he's 6'11". 6'11". And he moves well, and his low post defense, especially in the paint, is just is one, is one outstanding. So I think it's probably going to be Brooke Lopez, but my runner-up would be Jaron Jackson Jr., if, especially if he can stay healthy. Yeah, yeah. I definitely forgot about Brooke Lopez. Um so that's my bad, my bad. But uh, yeah, he's definitely gonna be defense player of the year. I don't. Rudy Gobert's probably gonna finish like third because he's always there. He's just he's he's good at defense. We have to accept it, Tanner. He is. His low post defense is good. It 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 was just very questionable with a couple, at least one or two of those years. But I will say his low post defense is still one of one of the top tier. Uh, just the Timberwolves record not not really showing it right now. Yeah, that that's fair. Okay. But we have to talk about Rookie of the Year. Give me, give me Paolo Bancaro winning Rookie of the Year. And here's why. I think he's the only rookie whose wins are really, her, whose play is turning into wins. Now, Orlando's record isn't very good. But he's, his play, he's the number one scorer on his team. He's averaging over 20 a game. And... His play is leading to legitimate wins, unlike any other rookie so far, in my opinion. That's all I got to say. I like Paulo. He's in the conversation. I do think there's... Honestly, Zach, I think we can say this. There's only two rookies. The other one you have to throw in, and as a Pacers fan, I'm proud to say this, and I'm going to pick with this, especially if he keeps playing well and leads to the team's success, Benedict Matherin. He was a pick. Paolo was number one, and I'll give him props. People question, or, people question Orlando's pick, and he has really stepped it up. I give Paolo so much credit, and I think he's going to have a great career, especially if he continues his play. I think it's Benedict Matherin, though. And if and if not, he's winning at the very least in conversation for any of the other awards for whether it's sixth man or most improved. But what his play for Benedict Matherin, a pick that people weren't real sure was if it was going to translate. I mean, he's he's one of the league leaders in points off the bench. He is one of the leading scorers, uh, either first or second in in rookies. And his 
play is helping the Pacers along with Tyrese Halliburton having a year where I do believe Halliburton is going to make the all-star team to where the Pacers, they're only eighth, but they're still 23 and 21. And part of that team's success for me, it uh, and I'm proud to say this, we'll certainly hope he gets it. It's got to be Benedict Matherin. I know what you're saying. Also, you said most improved player. Can a rookie win most improved player? I, I Apparently, he's been in conversation. So I didn't know rookies could win most improved player. I, I feel I, like you have to have played to improve for, for most improved the player. The only thing would be maybe over the course of the season, maybe. But even then, uh, I'm like, uh, But, like, that's not the spirit of the award. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Rookies shouldn't be able to win the award. But six men of the year, I totally, I, I, I'm totally with you on there. I just... It's just Paolo. The only reason I'm picking Paolo is because it feels Paolo is a focal point of a team. I'll be a worse team. I just Benedict Matherin has more help, and that's why I lead on Paolo. Also, I, he's the number one overall pick, so I think if it comes down to the two of them, I think he wins it. This isn't completely on what I actually who I think should actually win the award. I'm totally saying who I think will win the award. Uh, and I, I think because he's the number one overall pick, and he, and it's kind of a toss-up, I think they give it to the number one overall pick. And then conversely, you could also say with Benedict Matherin being the, I believe it was sixth overall pick, maybe fourth, but being one of the, the top ten picks in the NBA draft and a player that people weren't sure was going to be. I mean, I really liked the pick from day one and wasn't sure what Matherin's overall role was going to be. And having the confidence to talk to LeBron and says that he thinks he's already better and in one game actually having a better night from a stats perspective and leading the Pacers to a victory. The confidence that Benedict has is just out of this world, so... So um, I, I know we can agree with this. It's either Paulo or Benedict. It's one of those two. But for me, I'm, I'm giving the edge to Paulo, especially if the Pacers can continue the success. That's totally fair. I don't know. We're having a time. We're talking some more basketball when we come back. Zach Tanner, this week's update. We're back with some more basketball action. We're moving from the pros to the college ranks. Zach and Tanner, this week's update. Let's get to it. Tanner, college basketball has been pretty wild this past month. Um, UConn was, like, ranked fourth in the country and then proceeded to lose three or four. Uh, Has anyone stayed at number one for more than, like, a week and a half, it feels like. Doesn't feel like it. <laughs> like I, you said. College basketball's been as wild as we all predicted. It's been a lot of fun. Um, some big names not playing pretty well. UConn 1-6 in, in quad one wins. Uh, Michigan's not looking like themselves. Some shockers, too. I mean, yeah, Gonzaga, eh, they're a three seed right now in a lot of people's predictions to as a tournament so below their standards uh kentucky's been not great but also i don't know kind of feels like john kyle perry's kind of overstayed his his time it's 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 time maybe for some fresh uh blooding blood in kentucky uh kansas has been okay but like then we have some shockers kansas state's 15 and 1 everyone predicted them to finish last in the big 12 they're 15 and 1 um Clemson's been not bad. Northwestern might make the tournament for the second time in program history. Props to Alabama. They're playing some good basketball. They're they're fourth now, only behind 
Houston, who's only lost one game, Kansas, who's playing good basketball, and then Purdue, who was number one at that one time, and then just uh, couldn't get by Rutgers again, just like last year. So, no, give props to Alabama for playing some uh, great basketball at this moment. So, you know, we have some fun. Uh, plenty of basketball going on, plenty of action. But here's the question. Who are going to be the one seeds when the dust settles? Is the top four that it is right now the correct top four in at the in March? Well, I, right, yeah. So. I actually think so. I think the the it's already kind of fallen into place. Now there'll probably be some seating adjustments. Purdue might move up, Kansas might move down, you know, and Alabama might finish the number one team in the country. Who knows? Um Shout out to Nate Oates turning Alabama into a basketball school. Jokes, jokes, <laughs> jokes. I, you, they still have Nick Saban. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if I had to, I don't know. The top four that is right now is probably the correct top four. As of right now, yes, it is. Um, if we're looking come March or come when come selection when when they decide on who's where, old fashioned selection Sunday. Old, yeah, absolutely. So, Purdue, yes, they're the best team in the Big Ten, and at the very least, they're not going to fall any lower than a two seed. So, but Purdue right now, yes, I think Houston, yes, Kansas. As long as they keep up this level of play, I think they will. They might be like the the last one seed, but I do think they'll be a one seed. And honestly, Zach, it's that four spot or the the last one seed spot that I'm not real sure of. I mean, um, Tennessee Tennessee could slide in, into one of those one spots. Uh, they're probably the best number two seed at the moment mm-hmm. or kind of projected two seed sitting at five. But... You, that could be. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, when they um, over the course of the season, because they, I mean, they'll have a couple matchups against Alabama, mm-hmm. um, and I think that will matter for kind of deciding, because I think that could decide who the one seat that now last number one seat is is how well Alabama and Tennessee play each other. Sure, this sure. season. And you know what, Zach, you mentioned that that could be one of those games where how exciting would it be if it was a whoever wins that game could almost determine who gets that gets that spot. But I'm not going to throw UCLA out of the conversation. Um, Over the last two or three years, they have really proven to be a team that if you don't play well, they will expose you, including the year when they went all the way to the final four. And so I'm I'm not going to throw UCLA out of the conversation, um, out of the conversation there as well. Only, you know, 14 and two and sixth right now and just continuing to move up. But for Gonzaga, as you mentioned, probably a good thing they're not so high up, (laughs) kind of almost not. I hate saying lower the expectations, but in a way that's that's kind of what they need to do at this point, like to not be a one seed, maybe be a two or probably even maybe even a three seed. Yeah, they're looking more like a three seed than a two seed right now in plenty of the projections. Okay. So one other thing I want to touch, some interesting thing that could so right so the record for most teams from one conference into the NCAA tournament is eleven. Right now, the Athletic is predicting the Big Ten will send eleven and possibly twelve. I don't think they end up sending sending eleven because the Big Ten is a gauntlet. They'll get beat up on. They'll probably end up sending like six or seven teams. The Big 12 actually might be the best conference top to bottom. But the problem is they're the best conference top to bottom. So they're probably going to send four or five. ACC will send a couple. 
mid-major struggles a little bit this year, which is unfortunate. We love a good, you know, we love our Loyola of Chicago's. We love our... UMBC's. We love our, you know, uh, Florida... A Florida Gulf, Gulf Coast. Coast. Dunk City. We love Dunk City. So, things like that. I, there's been some okay teams. Charlotte's played pretty well. Uh, so, it's not necessarily... There will be some random mid-major that makes a run. Maybe not to the Final Four, but Sweet 16, Elite Eight. But it's just... Mid-majors are looking not as great. But, you know, there's 68, 68 teams to make it into the field with the first four playing. So... There's plenty of time for a mid-major to shock us all. Maybe it's Rick Patino and Iona. I'm definitely joking about that. <laughs> well, I mean, and as you said, with, with the Big Ten, like w- there are some teams that have established that regardless of how the rest of the season goes, they'll make it. We know Purdue, no matter what, they're in. Um, when you look at the standings, Michigan State, 12-5. and five. Rutgers has even been playing well. And even even um, even give Michigan, like I said, not, not playing their best right now heck don't forget i also thought that i iu uh, they when they after their losses especially to iowa when one stretch i just said get that ranking away and and have them earn it especially with trace jackson davis one of the best big men in the game right now so you can even see iu sneak their way in there at this moment they're only two and four in the big 10 but they're still 11 and six so if, if uh that's the part is we're now going to slowly get in the stretch where it's a lot of conference games for everyone's respected for everyone's respect, whether it's Big Ten, whether it's Big 12, whether it's Pac-12. But, yeah, saying Big Ten is going to send as many that many teams or sending a lot, they're going to send a, a, a quite a few. I do think they will. They've got, I believe, it's like... Including Northwestern. Northwestern is going to the tournament. You heard it here first. Even though I said the Athletic was talking about it. You heard it here first. And keep in mind, so of, of the Big Ten, at 10 of them have at least double-digit wins already at this point in the season, which is very impressive. And a lot of teams, or a couple teams like Nebraska, who's one win from 10, so they're 9-9 in Minnesota, who's who's down a bit this year. But the Big Ten is very good in terms of being competitive. But once you get into the, the slugfest, like you said, of conference play, that is when you're going to really find out um, which teams are going to mold themselves into a NCAA March Madness team. Y- yeah. Man, we still have like a month and a half before March Madness. And it can't come any sooner. The best, let's be honest, the best time of the year is March Madness. Hands down. No Hands question. down. Okay. This has been this week's update. We got more coming in the future. Stay with us. It's Zach. It's Tanner. You get us where anywhere. Podcasts on our distributed Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all that fun jazz. Stay with us. It's been fun. This week's update.